Welcome to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At Keep Playing Baseball, we don't think money should dictate college baseball opportunity, and all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. What's up, guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the Daily KPB, where we're taking our written content and turning it into bite-sized audio podcasts, just another way for you to consume the content, to get the information you need to keep moving towards your goal of playing college baseball. On this episode, we're talking about important considerations for summer baseball. The dog days of summer are right around the corner. And that means that you have some important decisions to make about what you're going to do this summer from a development standpoint, from an exposure standpoint, um, maybe you're playing other sports. So we're going to talk about how to juggle three important decisions. The first one is how to decide whether you're ready for showcases and camps, how to uh, pick which of these showcases or camps to go to. Um, part two, we're going to talk about how to pick a summer team, what what summer team is the best for you, what type of schedule you should be looking for. And then part three, we're going to talk about how you can balance rest, recruiting, and development all at once. For each of these really important summer decisions that you're going to make, all three of these different areas, your skill level and your financial situation are going to dictate the options that are available to you. Your goals as a baseball player and your knowledge about each of these options, that's what's going to help you make educated decisions about what's best for you this summer, but also in the long term. And so let's explore some of these ideas and really help you figure out kind of what the best decisions are for you or your son this summer. Um, First, consider your skill level. Are you getting invited to invite-only events? Have schools already started expressing recruiting interest in you? Are you one of the better players at your school or in your area, in in your league? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you're well on your way in the recruiting process. You know, you're in really good shape. If you're still working hard to get noticed and improve your game, that's okay too. That's where the vast majority of high school players sit right now. And there are good summer baseball options for players at every single level of the recruiting process, every, every single stage of the recruiting process. And, you know, one of the important distinctions that we're going to make throughout these these three areas is the separation between underclassmen and upperclassmen in high school. So underclassmen meaning freshman and sophomore year, upperclassmen meaning juniors and seniors. And it's really important to remember that you know, the D1 rules have changed. So you're not going to be able to take a campus visit conducted by a college coach until the beginning of your junior year of high school. So that's not going to allow you to make a fully informed decision about a commitment or a program that's best for you. 
You're not going to be able to go on campus, talk to the coach. You know, that, that makes it really tough. So really pushing the exposure envelope in your underclassmen years of high school, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. You're not going to be able to make a fully informed decision about a commitment until your junior year at the earliest. And, you know, this is a big difference from summers ago when top tier players could commit with all the information they needed at any point because they could take these unofficial campus visits guided by college coaches and really get a feel for what it was like on campus. And the changes that were made a year ago, you know, that that really changes things. And so that's going to influence uh, a lot of these decisions. But why don't we start off with our first topic, which is, you know, choosing whether you should attend showcases and camps and which ones you should go to. So for starters, want to give you a quick health notice. You should never go to a showcase if you have not been throwing regularly or you're not in mid-season form. I mean, this is a, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for injury. You know, a lot of times at these showcases or camps, you end up going max effort. And if your body's not prepared for that, you're just, you're asking for an injury. So that's just a quick note before we dive into it. But um, let's talk about showcases first. So as we discuss at length in a number of articles on our website, you know, we talk about the truth about showcases and, and when you should go to showcases. You should really check out all that information, which is pertinent to this decision. But uh, it's important to note that just attending showcases, it's a, it's a recruiting luxury. It's not a necessity. Despite all the hype that, ho- that showcases can create, you know, there's many events that do little more than just drain your pockets um, and cost you money. So the idea that all exposure is good exposure or that you can, you know, you have to attend these events if you want to get recruited. Those are both flat out wrong. There are many people trying to use showcases to profit from parents and players who just simply don't know any better. And so it's really important that you do your research and you understand that exposure is a two-way street, right? It can expose you as a, a player that's not ready for college baseball just as easily as it can expose you as a player that is ready for more attention from college coaches. And so if you're worried because you can't afford to attend showcases or camps, take a look at our article that talks about useful free alternatives that can be used for just about any part of the recruiting process. I think you'll find that that's super helpful. And just understand that, you know, showcases and camps, those are a luxury. You don't need those to get recruited. But if you're planning to attend a showcase, Make sure you know the total cost of the event and what you're getting for your money. This this should be a key part of your research. You know, does the cost include only a pro-style workout where you're running, you're showing your defensive skills, you're taking batting practice or throwing a bullpen, or does it include gameplay as well? So pay-to-play pro-style workouts by themselves should be substantially lower in cost than showcases with gameplay. Um, and it's always best if you have that option to to play in a game and also uh, get your skills evaluated. And so take a close look at the refund policy for weather and other reasons. Make sure you know if the showcase is intended mostly for exposure or mostly for evaluation. If it's meant for exposure, is there a list of college coaches that are going to be attending? Is it the coaches that at schools that you're interested in playing for, you know, if it's for evaluation, 
who is doing the valuation because seeking honest and objective feedback in the recruiting process is a must. But a lot of these for-profit showcases who rely on your happiness and your attendance to exist, you know, they want you to pass on good reviews to your friends or, or other players. And so that they come, they want you to be happy enough to come back in the future. So they really have little incentive to tell you the truth about where you need to improve and where you're coming, coming up short. And they're likely to tell you, you know, some blend of the truth and, and sugarcoat it. They're likely to tell you a little bit about what you want to hear and encourage you to come back again to get reevaluated. You know, so if you're not a recruitable player, they'll say things like, you know, you need to work hard, you need to get bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, you're really close. We think you're a college-level player, so work hard on these things. Come back next year and get evaluated. So other things that you should consider is uh, what what do you get for going to the event? Is uh, Do you get a hat and a T-shirt, a video? Is there downtime in the schedule? Um, so I'm just throwing a ton of questions your way, but these are the things that you should be re- researching. You know, a showcase video package that usually costs extra and they can be pretty expensive. And we've already talked at length about, you know, why you need a skills video, but also how with a little bit of effort and a little help from some teammates and an iPhone, you can create a skills video and post it on YouTube that's going to be more than enough for what college coaches are looking for. So, you know, the idea of dangling a professionally made skills video, that's nice, but that's that doesn't, it's not going to be a huge difference maker if you can create your own video with an iPhone that shows and gives coaches an idea of your skill level. Um, so what, what our suggestion is when it comes to showcases is obviously we suggest that you do your homework on showcases and, and we suggest that you limit the pay-to-play showcases you attend to events that you know will put you in front of schools that interest you the most or levels that interest you the most. So invite-only showcases where you've been selected or invited for being a top player in your area. Those are often better attended by college programs than random showcases because coaches want to hone in on the better talent pool. So Um, it's kind of a slippery slope there because you'll have a lot of programs that call their showcase elite talent or some catchy name, but, um, you want to make sure you understand whether it's invite only or whether it's just open to the public and you want to have an idea of who's going to be there. So for, for younger players, underclassmen, particularly going to showcase events for exposure, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense. You should focus on development over exposure and save showcases for later in the recruiting process. You know, developing into a player with recruitable skills, that must come first before showcases are going to be of any use to you. That's a that's a really big deal. The idea that all exposure is not necessarily good exposure. So that's our suggestion. And the reason why we suggest you do your homework and we suggest if you're an underclassman, you focus on development. And really, if you're a player that doesn't have recruitable skills that are going to stand out to college coaches, you focus on development. Um, The reason why we say that is because showcases are expensive and they only provide college coaches with a snapshot of you as a player. So most of the time they give coaches a feel for a player's tools and whether they should follow up on that player in gameplay and find out more about you as a player. 
But the funny thing is video can do the same thing. So be smart and make sure you check out any showcases before you go. If you do have the money to go and you are ready for exposure, pick a showcase that's going to allow you to showcase your tools to a variety of schools that you're interested in. You know, showcases really turn out best for players who at least have one above average skill or tool to show off. You know, this is where honesty about your ability can really save you time and money. If none of your tools are going to allow you to stand out in a potentially large group of players, you know, you might not be ready to benefit from a pay-to-play showcase yet. It's just the the harsh reality, you know, a lot of the times those are those are set up for guys who have a standout tool. If you decide not to play on a team or you spend the summer training and you know, we've I've heard and recruited players who said, you know, I'm not playing on a team this summer. I'm just going to go from one showcase to the next and try and be seen by college coaches. Well, you know, that's really, there's a big difference between spending the summer training and just showcasing all summer. Guys who showcase all summer, they're really missing the point. You know, running a good 60-yard dash, hitting the ball far in BP, throwing the ball hard across infield or outfield, those are all great skills, but doing that over and over doesn't make you a better ball player. And it also doesn't mean that it's going to translate to game play. So, you know, college coaches, they want ball players who can help the team win. They're not looking for showcase robots. So using a showcase to complement uh, your playing schedule for players that are ready for that type of type of thing, that's important. Now, camps are a little different beast. Um, you know, camps can be a great way to get in front of college coaches while focusing on your development. Instructional college camps are often, you know, a fraction of the price of showcases, and uh, and they're more likely to provide you with valuable feedback and instruction. You know, camps are good for players of any age that doesn't necessarily have that upper class lower class split because they expose you to college level drills, they expose you to college level instruction, to college facilities, and they give you access to college coaches directly. And all that is great preparation for later in the recruiting process when you're going to be exposed to all these things anyway. So it's it's great practice. It's a great learning experience. So our suggestion for underclassmen is to go to local college camps and be a sponge. And why? College camps can be tremendous learning experiences. They give you insight into what college coaches are looking for. So go Pay attention to the details and notice the way that college coaches want things done. Learn from the instruction. Ask questions. Ask for feedback. It's uh, it's really a great time to interact directly with college coaches and to learn. So don't be scared to speak up. You actually, you at these camps, you want to leave a strong impression. You want to set the tone for your upperclassmen years and you want to stand out. It's not that camps can't be a great form of exposure. They they absolutely can. But f- even for underclassmen who aren't ready for that exposure, they can offer really uh, great opportunities to learn from, from the college coaches that you eventually want to play for. If you're an upperclassman, look for camps at schools that, that interest you, you know, for exposure's sake, or schools where you really want to learn from the coaches, so th- for, for skill development's sake. Uh, For example, you know, let's say you live in the Bay Area in California, you know you're not going to be good enough to play at Stanford, but you want to learn from that coach. 
So you go for the skill development. Or you, uh, let's say you, you are interested in Cal State East Bay and they have a camp and you, uh, you want to go to that camp for exposure. So those, there's two really great options for upperclassmen. And you know, this is going to let you develop an understanding for what these coaches want to see from players that they recruit. It's also going to give you an opportunity to put your best foot forward and leave an impression. So again, be a sponge if you're an upperclassman, ask questions, work on standing apart from the group of campers in a good way. Be more invested than everyone else there. Be more focused, out-hustle them, and really spend time getting to know the coaches on a more personal level. Take advantage of the FaceTime you have with the coaching staff. Make sure when the camp is over, you've uh, you've used your time to learn as much as you can to show the college coaches the best version of yourself and also to make sure that the coaches know who you are. That's that's key. So, you know, whether you're an upperclassman or an underclassman, get the coaches to know you by name. Make sure you introduce yourself to the coaches on day one of camp. Let you know, let them know that you're interested in their school if you are. And then each day of camp, we suggest making it a point to seek out and greet the coaching staff with a good firm handshake. So not just when you're when the camp's over, but you know, ask if there's anything you can do to help. If you're attending a camp where they're still setting up in the morning and you're there early, ask if you can help set up. Really anything you can do at these college camps to leave an impression, it's really important. And be realistic about your ability and uh, show you're the type of player that that's ready for the school at the camp that you attend. And uh, you never know. There's all these these little connections that you can make where, you know, coaching is a small, tight-knit community. So even if it doesn't work out at that school, if you leave a lasting impression on a college coach, there's a good chance they're going to say, hey, this kid can't play for us, but you know what? I really like the effort he put in. I like the way he was helping. He took initiative to get to know us. I'm going to reach out to a friend who's at another school where I think he can play and pass his name along and his contact info along. So um, camps are a great opportunity, a great prolonged opportunity for you to to make an impression, but also learn a lot. So, um, you know, we've been over the camps and showcases now. It's really a personal decision. Um, we really like to use that upper class and underclass distinction, especially because underclassmen aren't going to have all the information they need to, to make that important decision. If you have questions, we have a ton of resources on camps, on showcases. So check those out. And uh, we're going to be back with, uh, with part two of this segment where we're talking about how to choose a summer team. All right. In part two of this podcast, we want to talk about choosing a team to play for for the summer. Um, and this is a big decision. You know, choosing a travel team or a summer team can really feel like choosing an identity. So it's also a point of contention between many high school coaches and travel coaches who fight over access to their players during the summer and the fall. This makes having a plan and a reason for doing what you decide to do even more important. So again, cost can be a limiting factor if you're on a tight budget. High school summer teams, junior and senior legion programs, and other local summer leagues can provide you with a great opportunity. If there's nothing available that fits your budget, think about uh, joining many players who are just using the summer as a window and more open schedule to double down on baseball training. You know, there's a ton of access to free resources out there. You know, you can use the summer to train and to build up your physicality and improve your baseball skills without being on a team. So 
while playing is important, focusing on training can be the right decision, especially players who need to uh, develop a strength and conditioning base or whose skills are far below where they need to be to play at the college level. You know, among the many things that you need to consider when choosing a summer team are playing time, opportunity to train or practice, exposure, enjoyment, and of course, cost. So our suggestion is that you don't sacrifice development and playing time for exposure unless you're a graduated senior still looking for a place to play. So in other words, play for a team or organization or create a training plan that is going to have you excited to be there every day and give you the opportunity to get better. So why do we suggest that? The players who make it to college baseball are players that are always improving. You know, too often players spend their summers running around from tournament to tournament or showcase to showcase only to show up back at school in the fall as the same player that they were when the spring season ended. And there's no better time to make gains in velocity and bat speed and strength and speed, etc., than the summer when your schedule is free from school and a lot of the other obligations you have, you know, throughout the school year. Making these gains requires a plan and time in your schedule to practice and train. And summer playing choices are more about having comprehensive development plan than anything else. You know, that should be the focus. This goes for deciding which organization you play for as well. You know, many players and parents think that playing for the organization with the biggest and the best known name is the only way to get seen. And again, this is another myth. It's just not true. So technology has made creating exposure and landing on a college coach's radar easier than ever. It's about being proactive, and you can actually create this exposure yourself for free. And for this reason and others, choosing a team that's going to help you develop and improve and where you're going to be excited to show up every day and get to work, that should really be the focus. Since there are many summer teams out there and each operates differently, it would be counterproductive and unfair to paint them all with a broad brush. That's not what we're trying to do. As with showcases, there is no substitute for doing quality research before making a decision. You can find out a ton about organizations by taking an objective look at your abilities and doing research, asking people who have played in those organizations before. And so we want to go over some questions you should look to answer or at least consider before you sign up for a team. Number one, what are the costs and what can I, what can I afford? Make sure you consider things like player fees, travel, hotels, uniform, etc. That stuff can add up quickly and you want to make sure that when a team gives you the cost of the of the season, you know exactly what that covers and what it doesn't. The last thing you want to do is play, pay a big chunk of money to play on a team and then realize, hey, I can't afford to do a lot of the things that they're doing because of these other costs that are built in. Another question, how many teams does the organization have? Do I have to try out? Do I know which team I'm likely to end up on? Will I be getting a lot of playing time? How is playing time determined? You know, these are all questions you should consider. And, you know, another one is, am I going to be heartbroken if I don't end up on their number one team for my age, age level or I end up on a team where I'm not playing with my best friends? You know, is there a possibility that you get separated from the guys that make baseball more enjoyable for you? And those are all important things to consider. Number three, who are the coaches? What is their coaching experience and what is their track record with helping players make it to the next level? What's their track record with developing guys? Do they send players to every level of college baseball 
or is it simply uh, you know the top players in the organization they commit to a Division One program and they they celebrate that and don't worry about the other guys. So you know an organization that claims only their top players and only pushes guys to the Division One level that's a big red flag. Number four, what do they stand for? You know, are they grounded in development? Are they consumed by ring chasing? What's their reputation in that in that area? You know, what what exactly are they trying to do? Uh, you see a lot of teams where you know they're all about the ring, right? They're bringing in players for e- different players for each tournament. They're not working on developing a team. They might not even be working on developing their guys. They're all about exposure. You know, these are all important things to consider. Again, some players are going to fit better on a showcase type team. Other players are going to fit better on a development-based team that also has showcase. And some some guys should just worry completely about uh, development. Number five, what are your goals for the summer? And what are your long-term goals? And how will each playing opportunity available to you help you move closer to accomplishing those goals? What What is it going to take from you? So by answering these questions and then all the other research that you do, you're going to ensure that you're making a thoughtful decision about summer ball If you're already locked in with a summer team, the same thought process can be used for the fall. You know, when you have to retry out or you have to, you have the option of picking a a team. And so regardless of whether your summer ball plans are set in stone or not, you know, you're going to benefit also from uh, continuing to listen to this podcast or checking out the article where we talk about uh, keeping the big picture in mind and how to balance development, exposure, and your health. We're going to talk about that right now. This rather lengthy daily KPB has all been geared towards helping you make important decisions about summer baseball. And in this section, this last section, what we want to focus on is successfully juggling three things that are incredibly important to college baseball hopefuls. That's development, recruiting and exposure, and rest. You know, there's there's many reasons why we're constantly encouraging you to plan, plan, plan. One of these reasons is to keep the big picture in mind. If you look at your high school timeline, several things need to happen to play college baseball, and those things are battling for your attention during the summer. First, you need to be constantly improving. Your development as a baseball player and an athlete are second to none when it comes to playing at the next level, period. Most important thing, this should always be prioritized. Second, you're going to need to find a way to get exposure to college coaches and show them that you have the skills that they want. Again, this is not something that needs to be rushed. In fact, many recruits focus on exposure or seek exposure before they're ready. There's a reason why you have four years of high school. You need those four years to develop in the type of player that is college ready, and you should be willing to use all four of those years to do that. So definitely no rush here. If you didn't listen to the earlier part of this podcast, listen to the part on showcasing and and seeking exposure. Um, Finally, you need to get some time to give yourself a rest from, you know, competitive baseball and uh, some time to support good physical health. Underclassmen, uh, this balancing act is simple. There's no need for you to emphasize or focus on exposure So you can effectively remove that from the summer equation and place your sole focus into development while giving yourself a break from active competition at some point in time. If you're a superstar player who's ready for exposure in the underclassmen years, the exposure opportunities are going to come find you. 
you know, you're, you're not going to have to worry about that. If you're good enough, they will find you, they will seek you out and they will provide you opportunities to, uh, to expose yourself to college coaches or to uh, get recruited for upperclassmen. The juggling act can be a bit more complicated. A lot of times as an upperclassman, you are trying to juggle these three things. And the key to balancing these three important things lies in your ability to come up with a detailed development plan. You know, you may be sick of hearing us talk about development already, but truly, if you want to play college baseball, you're going to have to get used to it. A quality development plan is key because development is what leads to meaningful exposure and a good plan also factors in necessary time away from the game to ensure that you stay healthy and you prevent overuse injuries. So to put it simply, make sure your summer plan is going to help you improve as a player. Make that your focus. When you feel like you have the skills college coaches are ready to look for, start creating your own exposure by reaching out to schools with a well-written email that includes a skills video at the same time, do your research on potential events, camps, showcases, etc., and a way for you to get in front of coaches. If your emails aren't creating the interest that you want, find events that fit your budget and will get you in front of coaches at the school that you're interested in. And finally, make sure your plan accounts for some uh, rest. And I use that in quotes because we don't actually think that you need to or should stop all baseball activity, although that's definitely an option. By rest, we mean making sure you take a break from the game competition and lower stress levels on your arm for prolonged periods of time. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop throwing or training altogether, simply that you need to give your arm a break from the high-stress workload. There's even ways that you can measure that with technology. So plan these breaks into the year ahead of time and stick with them. You know, No showcase, no camp, uh, no tournament is worth jeopardizing your long-term health. You know, you can't, if you're not on the field, um, what good does that do? So plan ahead to make sure that you include buildup and retraining periods or ramping on periods. That way you don't go from complete inactivity or even reduced activity to throwing 100% in game play. And uh, this is incredibly important. You know, as many overuse injuries, again in quotes, are actually caused by the arm being underprepared for rapidly increasing the workload. So really understanding how to on-ramp or slowly build yourself back up to competitive mode, you know, that's incredibly important to factor into your long-term development plan. So by now, you're probably sick of hearing me talk and, you know, you should have a pretty clear picture of what your summer options are and how you can make your important playing decisions educated decisions. You know, that's ultimately what we're trying to do is give you the tools and the information so that you can make educated decisions throughout your development, throughout the college search and recruiting process, and when you're looking for a college baseball fit. So if your summer is already planned and you're happy with your decisions, consider using this entire guide for setting up your fall. And we wish you the best of luck this summer and uh, in the future. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Keep playing baseball at gmail.com. We're open on Twitter and Instagram, so don't hesitate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. As always, if you need more information on the recruiting process or how to play college baseball, you can find that for free on our website www.keepplayingbaseball.org. 
We're also very active on social media. That's at Keep Playing BB on Twitter, Keep Playing Baseball on Facebook, and at Keep Playing Baseball on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review, or at least tell your friends. We provide all this information for free because we want to help you get to the next level. If you're interested in a partnership or sponsorship in underwriting some of the Keep Playing Baseball content on our website or being the title sponsor or running ads on our podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we look forward to catching you on the next one.